It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. It is Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Got a great show for you today. The great Bill Curlick and Mark Porter are coming up. Let me up a little bit here. All right. But first, a little something from our sponsors at Joy Mode. I think I speak for most men when I say we want to have better sex. And for the sake of our partner, we may need to have better sex. The issue is that over-the-counter erection pills contain unregulated chemicals, suggest unsafe doses, and include the risk of several other health problems. That's why we've partnered with our friends at Joy Mode. Whether you're looking to spice up your intimate moments or increase your confidence in the bedroom, Joy Mode makes all-natural and science-baked supplements Back, excuse me, supplements dedicated to helping men perform better across their core functions. Their trademark product, the Sexual Performance Booster, is every man's solution for increased blood flow, firmness, stamina, and performance. It's like a pre-workout, but for sex. All ingredients have been assessed in peer-reviewed journals. All ingredients have been studied and researched in humans. It comes in palm-sized packets, like your favorite electrolyte powder. Simply mix with six to eight doses of water 45 minutes before sexual activity and watch the magic unfold, literally. Redefine your intimacy and go to Joy Mode for 20% off with code BUCKNUTS. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at joymode.com. Ingredients with integrity, Joy Mode. All right, let's slip into another mode. BUCKNUTS Morning 5 mode. And I got my guys here. My guys. Here, Bill Curlick and Mark Porter. A lot of guys trying to join the club in Columbus these days. A lot of guys sticking around. One name we have danced around for a while, and now it seems is worthy of an extended dance, is Dominic Kirks. He is from Ohio. He is a defensive end from Painesville. He was committed to Washington. Um, and even before their upheaval in the coaching situation there with their head coach going to Alabama, there was thoughts he could decommit if Ohio State showed interest. Bill, that interest came. I wonder if you could bring us up to speed on his recruitment, what you think will happen, et cetera. And then, Mark, as you are wont to do with Ohio prospects, let us know all about him as a football player. Yeah, uh, Donnie Kirks, as you mentioned Dan was a Washington commitment, but did not sign with them on uh, national signing day during the early signing period. And um, it was uh, a situation where he, you know, just wasn't ready to make that uh, decision complete because Ohio state was showing interest still among other reasons, but that was probably the biggest reason or one of the biggest reasons at least. And uh, so he didn't sign. He subsequently made an official visit to Ohio State uh, this past weekend, and he's he's a basketball player, so he made a Saturday-Sunday official visit to Ohio State, and it went really well. Uh, They offered him a scholarship, and there's no doubt that he's interested. I've said for some time that I think that if Ohio State goes all in, that he will likely end up being a Buckeye, and I still feel that way. In fact, I've got a crystal ball to Ohio State. I, I think that uh, you know he'll he'll come up with his final decision and announce it, and I don't necessarily think it's going to be a long time till that happens. Of course, the next national signing day is the first Wednesday in February, as always. That's <coughs> used to be the traditional day. It's not anymore now, really, uh, or the main day. Uh, but he has uh, basically 
another period to go ahead and sign with someone. And the other school, by the way, that's showing the most interest has been USC, although Michigan State has inquired about him too. But again, I like the Buckeyes there. Marcus, take it away. Yeah, he's uh, what you would call a tweener at about 240, 45 pounds. He might not have the size to play inside yet. And he's kind of got that outside mentality where he wants to be an edge rusher. And sometimes you'll see him standing up at a two point. Sometimes you'll see him at a three point. So he brings the versatility of the tweener. And when I say tweener, he's probably uh, the five technique, uh, three technique tweener, uh, meaning he's probably a strong side defensive end, maybe a, a defensive tackle as he you know, gets in there. Very active with his hands. I'd say he's got some advanced hand fighting skills and some advanced techniques when he's rushing the passer. Um, he's really trained up, as you, they would say, meaning he knows what he's doing out on the football field. Um, so when he gets to Ohio State, he's going to go one of two directions. As he gets into the weight room, he's either going to stay 240 pounds and he's going to try to put on that speed and, and be that edge rusher or that pass rushing presence. Or if he moves inside, I think he'll be a pass rusher from the defensive tackle spot. He's got a really nice first step, which complements those hands. I mean, when I say he's got his nice hands, he's batting down a lot of blockers' hands. He's slapping hands away on pass rush. Uh, he, he knows how to use those hands for, like in a, a swim, rip move, stuff like that. So when his first step gives him that uh, – advantage into the backfield where he's already at the shoulder depth of the offensive lineman because he's kind of beat them out of their stance. Uh, he does a great job using his hands to finish the rush. So for Ohio State, the way we look at it is I think Bill was alluding to this. During the season, he wasn't much of a an option because of the scholarship pinch. There might not have been scholarships available, but at the defensive line position, that's always you know a place. They're an offensive line. Take as many as you can get. And then you see with the portal and a bunch of guys leaving that you can wiggle a spot free for him. Uh, all day long, you want to take developmental offense and defensive linemen from Ohio. So great job by the Buckeyes. And, you know, that, that, that's the strength of an Ohio for an Ohio kid. You're committed to Washington, one of the top four teams in the country, and you're willing to wait around like for a prom date for someone who doesn't have a prom date and make Washington wait. And, you know, that, that's Ohio winning an Ohio kid. Bill, is that going to be the final piece in 2024 should he come to the Buckeyes? Yeah, as of now, unless something changes that I don't expect to change, he's the only 2024 guy that they are still actively recruiting. So, yeah, if uh, if there's no changes, and again, I don't expect any, then that'll be it. <laughs> Dietra, you have no idea. Um there may or may not be people in the other room laughing, but uh, I digress. Okay, the next guy I want to talk about, Jamie French. Just what everyone on Bucknuts wants to talk about is another elite wide receiver. I do find it kind of interesting that people want us to literally stop recruiting wide receivers and send Brian Hartline on the road to get offensive linemen. And then the first time a five-star signs with somebody else, they're going to be like, why didn't Hartline get the five-stars? The pipeline's over. So, Let's keep the pipeline hooked, okay? At the All-American Bowl, there was a 24-7 sports all-combine team named for the youngsters. The class of 2025 worked out. Alpha Dog named Jamie French. Not spelled like you'd think. Jamie, in fact, F-F, it's actually J-A-M, J-A-I-M-E, F-F. R-E-N-C-H. The extra F is for fantastic. Okay. By the way, you guys remember Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator who used to got in trouble for headhunting. His name was G-R-E-G-G. -G, and the way he treated the media, we always said the second G stands for genius, baby. Because um, he thought he was the smartest guy in the room. But I digress. Jamie French looks like an absolute stud. He's from Jacksonville. Apparently, they have decent receivers in the, that area of the country. Um, he was committed to Alabama. He is no longer committed to Alabama. He decommitted. And uh, he's mentioned the schools he's going to visit and talk about. Bill, what I thought was very interesting is I have never seen a guy come out and say, I'm basically going to look and see how Jeremiah Smith likes it, and then I'll make my decision. Your thoughts on Jamie French and where does he fit in um, in like the – 
receiver lineage they've been going after here. Well, he's the number three wide receiver in the country for 2025. So uh, to say he's right. highly ranked uh, and a five-star would, would certainly be accurate. 6'1", 185 pounds, and he has all the offers we talked about. He did commit to Alabama. But uh, even while he was – even before he decommitted from Alabama, he remained interested in Ohio State. In fact, he – he. Uh, uh, visited Ohio State after committing to Alabama, and that interest has been mutual for, for the whole period of time, really. Um, Brian Hartline has not stopped recruiting him, and then, lo and behold, uh, Alabama has a coaching change, and he decommits from Alabama, so it's more on the table than ever now. Um, in fact, I did an article about uh, uh, 10 players from either Alabama's current roster or commitments and he was number two, I think, on my list, if I remember right, as far as possible guys to end up at a high state or a high state Purdue or or pursue, I should say. So I do expect another visit. Nothing has been set right now that I know of, but I do expect another visit. I expect a high state. I think right now the two top most logical places for Jamie French to end up would be either Ohio State or Florida State. And by the way, I should mention a little bit uh, slightly different target but topic, but everybody wants to talk about offensive line recruiting. And since we're talking about Alabama commitments, Justin Fry uh, was in to see an Alabama commitment this morning, and he happens to be an offensive lineman, and he happens to be a great one. Mason Short uh, from Evans High School in Georgia, uh, a guy that Ohio State was really a, a player uh, in his recruitment before he committed to Alabama. Justin Fry was in to see him this morning at his high school. He's still committed to Alabama, but Ohio State is working on that one too. What class, Bill? He's a 2025 offensive line commitment for Alabama. Mark, I asked you to take a look at French just for a vibe. Your thoughts? Yeah, he, he checks a lot of boxes. The the vertical on the first play of his tape, he goes up and you see the strong hands. You see him go make plays. He's really good in and out of breaks. He's got the loose hips. You can tell when he's snapping off his routes, the explosive way he separates. Uh, but he fits that, you know, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. I mean, it, it's unbelievable that I keep – I'm going to get fired from Bucknuts because I keep okay. mailing it in with receiver comparisons that, yeah, it's another Garrett Wilson, uh, Chris Olave comparison. Yeah, I, I'm unoriginal. I'm not bringing anything to the table with these evaluations, but – that's what you want is the consistency yeah. of finding that those traits over and over again. And it's like Brian Hartline says, just give me this template that runs like this, cuts like this, has this amount of size, and let me coach him, and, and we'll do the rest here. Um, but, yeah, to say he's did one combine MVP, it makes sense off the film. Um, very, very, um, I would say all around receiver polished at this age, you know, route runner, hands, all that stuff. He He's really an apex predator. Bill, I'm not trying to ambush you here. Is he South Florida express seven on seven? Do you know? Oh gosh. You know, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Okay, Because honest. that would also make sense. I don't think he is, okay. but um, I'd have to check on that. And again, those change too right. from year to year. So AAU football, you know this. <laughs> As someone that coached on the AAUC Ugh. and had his players taken at times, I do know that. I can embarrass everyone with some AAU talk, but I'm not going to bore everyone. Uh, on your list of Alabama hopefuls, Bill, the guy who was number one and has almost become like a cult figure to Ohio State uh, recruit Knicks here and college football fans in general, and that is Caleb Downs. There was some optimism when he was being recruited that he might choose Ohio State. He chose Alabama. And the second there was any issues with Nick Saban, the first thing people did was go to Caleb Downs' Twitter to see if he had hit the portal. He yanked his Alabama stuff off there, which is the new uh, <coughs> sign for allegiance. Now there's a rumor, and there's there's so much chatter out there about these guys that I use the word rumor almost in air quotes. But there is a rumor that Caleb Downs could be considering an exit and would leave possibly today. Bill, there's two schools that come up, mostly Georgia, 
Um, he's from Georgia. There's some talk that there was a family issue there, um, not offering his older brother, who was a wide receiver in the NFL right now. I want to say for the Colts, but I could be wrong about that. Um, played at North Josh Carolina. Allen. Yeah, played at North Carolina. Josh Josh Allen. Allen. Um, do you hear anything about that? Um, do you think there's any chance Caleb Downs is an Ohio State secondary next year, Bill? Well, going back to the list that I talked about, uh, I said Jamie French was number two on that list. Caleb Downs was number one on that list. So I guess that tells you that uh, I think that there, it's not out of the question. I wouldn't have had him on the list at number one if it was out of the question. Um, the bottom line is he hasn't entered the portal yet. And it was interesting. This past weekend, there were things on the Internet that I was seeing about uh, uh, all – Alabama and Washington players making official visits to Ohio State this weekend. Players that were not even in the portal. That can't happen. If you're if you're on the Alabama roster and you're not in the portal, you cannot make an official visit to Ohio State, as example. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that's, as we know, just not accurate. But I do feel like, um, you know, Ohio State, obviously, they would love to have Caleb Downs said this before, there are five stars, and there are five stars, and Caleb Downs is a five-star up here. Um, he would be an immediate, obviously an immediate player, wherever he goes. He's that good. Um, could it happen that he gets in the portal? Yeah, because he has even said he doesn't know what he's going to do yet in regards to getting in the portal or just staying in Alabama, and that's right from what he has said. So we just have to wait and see if he gets in the portal. If he does get in the portal, I fully expect Ohio State to be a big player here for his services. Uh, of course, the other factor I mentioned before is that his former cornerbacks coach, not his coach, but the former cornerbacks coach at Alabama is now the defensive coordinator at Georgia. And that coach was absolutely a part of Caleb Downs' recruitment to Alabama. So that certainly is another uh, piece in the puzzle. Getting some more questions. By the way, Caleb Downs, if you look it up, he might have been a six star. <laughs> if you look at how he played as a, as a freshman, I'm pretty sure he was second team all NCAA and PFF graded him out as one of the top safeties in the country. I mean, he's just an unbelievable football player, literally. He's put on earth to play football. Just checks every box. There's a theme developing here, Bill. Another Alabama guy everyone would love. Now, I think this guy, if I had to choose between this guy and Caleb Downs, man, that would be a really, really tough decision, and that is Caden Proctor. Caden Proctor started at left tackle this year as a true freshman. He is from Iowa. The idea of him coming here and playing left tackle or right tackle for the next two years is a borderline intoxicating bill. Let's just pick it up with your list. Take it. Yeah. I, uh, I don't recall for sure, but I'm pretty sure I know downs was number one and I know French was number two on that list. And I'm pretty sure I had Proctor number three or four on that list. So we're hitting all the guys. Um, again, though, Caden Proctor is not in the portal at this point. Um, Will he get in the portal? We just have to wait and see, but he's not in there right now. If he does, you know Ohio State is going to make their pitch. Ohio State has done a tremendous job so far in January of retaining players and adding some key parts. They've got four key transfer portal guys. They also have gotten a couple huge 2025 commitments, and they may, like we've talked about, and I think will, be on the verge or will get a commitment from the last 2024 guy. Um, but they're not done. I, they're looking to add a couple more pieces to the puzzle, so to speak. And pieces, I think you're looking at offensive tackle, and I think you're looking at safety as the pieces. And those two pieces, there would be no better pieces than Caleb Downs and Caden Proctor. I can't get my mind around that. That would be – Dave and I talked about this yesterday, that when the season ended and everybody hopped in the portal, there was just, you know, like 
absolute chaos, like Leslie Nielsen in front of the, there's nothing to see here, you know, in the burning building behind you. It's like, it's uncharted waters. And then what's gone on in the last, you know, two, three weeks has been, Dave and I said this, if someone had told you ahead of time what they were going to do and that everyone was going to come back, I mean, the, the Judkins, Travion Henderson running back room is just, like I said, that's Sega. That's not real football. You don't just get to sit back and say, hey, top three running back in the country. Will you come back? Sure. Oh, okay. How about the top three running back from somewhere else come here and split carries? Hmm, sure. <laughs> it's, it's staggering. It really is. That's, that's unheard of. Um, certainly not complaining. Let's and Caden Proctor and Downs would just be, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I would even say to that. Uh, I, we'd go Terrell Pryor, fake announcement, melt the site, hopefully. Dwayne Long. Dwayne Long. There'd be <laughs> and you know what kind of jaunt he would be taking. If you would see the ghost of a 500-pound naked man running through the hilltop, um, first of all, you're going to want to pull over and lock your door. Second of all, say a prayer because uh, you know something special happens. You get yourself a naked jaunt. Let's um, talk defensive backs. And if you've been watching the pod, I have been popping up here some stuff from Dietrich Sanchez and Daniel Sanchez, parents of future Buckeye Devin, who is minoring in uh, Buckeye assistance here. Talking to Fahim Delane, the great safety out of good counsel in my stomp, the DMV. Talk about Mason Short, Dorian Brew being next. Bill, bring us up to speed on how ideally they would fill out that secondary 25 around Devin and uh, Blake would be. Well, I think you'd love to have Dorian Brew, and I've got him crystal ball to Ohio State, so kind of gives you my thoughts on that situation. Um, and he's a guy that uh, while they're recruiting him as a cornerback, again, I've said this before, he could play safety. Um He's just an ultra-talented guy. Fahim Delane at safety that, you know, he's at the top of the list. And uh, if – I don't necessarily think they would stop there because there's some other guys. Trey McNutt certainly we've talked about. But I don't think they would necessarily stop there. But if you told me they're going to add Fahim Delane and Dorian Brew to what they've got right now, I'd say job well done. Okay, by the way, shocker. People are going to accuse me of starting, of paying the Sanchez's here very soon. I'm not kidding. Um, Jamie French is with South Florida Express, which is their AAU team, which means um, very good, easy way to. Okay, in fact, let me quote her: If 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 Devin joins South Florida Express, they will send French to Ohio. Aha, the package deal. The uh, the old package deal. Man, I could tell you some great package deal stories about basketball. Um, the statute of limitations is going to run out on a few of them. We'll do story time with Dan here in the offseason. But uh, we will get to that. Um, all right. Here's what I would like to ask. Here's There it is. Okay. Uh, speaking of Dom Kirks, who's kind of a late, Late ad or a late run by the Buckeyes, defensive lineman from Ohio. A guy who does not have an offer from Ohio State yet, class of 2025. Uh, got an offer from Georgia and has really been a steadily improving prospect since he was in the eighth grade. I know this because he was on my son's AAU team one uh, offseason. And I used to say, did he was a bull in a china shop, man. He was kind of pigeon-toed at the time. And uh, he was the strongest guy on the team by light years. He just had so much power in his body, just wasn't completely putting it together. And that is Cedric Works. He is at Northmont. He's a defensive end. He is a stud. He actually starts at center for their basketball team now. He looks to me, Mark, to be legitimately six foot four, pushing six five, maybe um, in that range. Um, longer dude. I mean, he's going to fill out. He would be kind of, I think, your prototype 4-3 defensive end, fully filled out. May look a little bit like, let's say, Kenyatta Jackson. Your thoughts on Shedrick work as a prospect 
Do you think the Buckeyes will bite? Um, is this Georgia coming in, coming up here trying to get us to offer him kind of deal like LSU used to do with Cardell Jones? Um, bring us up to speed. Uh, I think he's one of the top prospects I saw during the season. Um, I went to Northmont to see Dorian Brew, and that's the day he left the team for Texas, and I was left you know, at the altar trying to see a great player like that. But I, I wasn't left there very long. I would have taken uh, Cedric Works down the aisle. Uh, he is playing linebacker, stand-up linebacker. He is your pass rusher type of defensive end. Um, he has <laughs> twitch to him. He, he runs around the field and plays with great effort. I mean, he puts his helmet on people. Um, when I only watched a half of him, he gave me enough highlights and a half to make a full highlight tape and make him look good. And that's usually an excellent sign that he can produce. And he's out there not just roaming around, being stuck to people the whole game. Uh, he gets off blocks and makes plays. Uh, I would be. I don't think this is one of those bait type offers where someone else is offering him to try to get um, other teams interested. I think he's a, a big time player in Ohio. I just think he was maybe overshadowed. And like Dan said, sometimes these younger, bigger guys, they don't look like they're ready. They need a few years to bake. But when I saw him, he was out of the oven and ready to go. Um, I, I would look for him to be one of the top guys in Ohio or in this class as we get into summertime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Bill, your thoughts? Yeah, he, uh, um, Mark kind of went over it and you talk about his size and all his potential. Uh, he does have a Georgia offer. He doesn't have all the offers, so to speak, but it's still early for him. And uh, it wouldn't shock me at all if Ohio State offered. They, they haven't yet. And I know uh, there would certainly be mutual interest. He's got that Justin Hill, Sonny Styles, you know, um, C.J. Hicks body style. So it's hard to let that body style sneak out of Ohio. Like if you had all four of those guys standing next to each other and you didn't see their faces, their bodies all stack up. I think Cedric's a good bit taller than CJ, from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah I, I'm just, I'm just. I get it. I get it though. Yeah, to compare him to CJ is a little skinnier if you really want to, you know, pick. But you, you get those four guys. You got him. He's a hybrid of some combination. There's no question. You're talking about guys that are different in that um, they're just a different level of athlete. You know what I'm saying? When you go to the field, it's like, oh. I don't know if they're Ohio State or Georgia good, but it's like, whoa. They're, they're, like I said about basketball, if you go to a high school game and you don't notice a Division One player in about a minute and a half, it's not a Division One player. You should know immediately. I'm talking that level, Ohio State, Georgia. So, all right. You guys have done great work on this, Bill. This guy was a main topic earlier in the week. Um, I was talking to Dave yesterday, and we were talking about the future of the offensive line. And – I don't know if it's luck, but it does certainly seem like Ohio State's offensive lines are better when they are gifted a left tackle extraordinaire on a national perspective. Um, you guys know all the names throughout history. And Carlo really, really does have a chance to be that next guy. Uh, we've talked about him ad nauseum. Mark, just give us a quick update on what you think him was a prospect. Then Bill, then maybe, you know, I guess a guy from Toledo makes you a little oogie. Because uh, Michigan can reach across the water there and pull them in sometimes. But what are we looking at? Is this a left tackle? Do you agree with him, his lofty national ranking mark? And then, Bill, you can put it in recruiting context for us. 
Yeah, he, he's the thickest, sturdiest, uh, most athletic alignment in the class. I, I also like Tucker Caddis for St. X. He'll be a guy we probably talk about more. But uh, Carter Lowe came out of the gates hot. Um, he's a dominating run blocker, which you want to see because he can move his feet and he can bring that big body with him. Um, I, people have heard me talk on this podcast before. When I went to see him, I saw the most respectful thing I've ever seen done to an offensive lineman where Carter flips sides. You know, he'll line up left side, right side. He'll line up a tight end. Uh, the Perrysburg defense actually shifted an extra man to his side to basically tell the Toledo Wetmer coaches, don't run to his side. We're going to have an extra man in the box over there uh, to try to, because he was so dominating. And I talked to some of the Perrysburg coaches because he would simply take his assigned man out of the play um, 90% of the time that there was such a strong tendency to run over there that they had a game plan for an offensive tackle, not for the running back, not for the receiver, not, you know, they game plan for him because of his dominating blocking at high school. So Toledo uh, Whitmer ran away from their star offensive lineman almost exclusively that night because they were light in the box to the other side. They were be, being given a treat on the other side of the uh, offensive line. So that, that I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't even think I could describe that accurately, that, that that's what was going on for an offensive lineman's dominance in high school. So that's where he rates uh, – like I said, when I was there, the, the vibes were very positive for Ohio State. I get a lot of unsolicited comments about players because people, you know, they don't know, they don't think I'm writing articles. So they just kind of tell me the word on the street. So my vibe has always been good, but it's been, you know, sort of a longer ride than I thought. When I heard all that stuff initially, right. it made it sound like this huh. kid was going to be one of those guys who ends huh. it. Yeah, ends it sooner than later. And now we're in the later portion of that, which, you know, may, things may be changing. I, I need to go back up there and keep revisiting. Yeah. Uh, I want to, before we leave the show, I want to talk about Zahir Mathis because we've got a thing on him coming up, a uh, recent commitment out of Philly. But there are some other questions here, and we're just going to try and go a little bit rapid fire. Um, Real quick while talking, while you're looking at that, Dan, uh, people keep mentioning Michigan with Carter Lowe. I I, let's say I, I will go out on a limb here and say I've already crystal balled into Ohio State, but I, I will say uh, don't expect him to end up at Michigan. Oh, that's a shame. Um, <laughs> DJ Smith, how about the – this is an ambush. How about the Dante McClellan out of Canton, Mark? Do you see yep. him as an offer? Educate us on who that is, what year he is, what position, and if you think you'll get an offer. Yeah, class of 2025, linebacker, strong safety type out of Canton McKinley. Played receiver also. Um, when I went to see him live against, I think it was Akron Hoban in the playoffs, he did a great job at receiver. I, I don't think he's a receiver prospect. He might not have uh, elite Ohio State receiver speed, but that gives you an idea of how he can run at linebacker. Uh, he, he was a strong safety outside guy. I think I've seen him play inside before. Maybe he's a sophomore. He has the athletic ability you're looking for. Uh, there's a lot of linebackers. That's a deep position to sort through. So I wouldn't say he might be at the top of the national list, but he's going to be one of the top guys in Ohio, maybe a top 10, 15, 20 guy in Ohio uh, at the linebacker position. Uh, even though uh, he's got some maybe lightness to him because he's safety and a receiver. I think he's got the body that would fill out to the linebacker type look. Um, but he, he's what you're if, – if you're buying a college linebacker, you're buying these athletic receiver, strong safety types that can play and hit, and he fits that bill perfectly. So if he does uh, – and, and the reason I'm saying I'm not sure if he's an offer, Ohio State's doing what I'm right doing right now, looking at hundreds of linebackers to make sure there's not something better. But if there isn't, he's probably the guy. You know, he might be the guy in Ohio to go back to. Same with Dorian Brew. Yep. Also, Ohio State wasted no time in stopping at Canton McKinley, stopping to see uh, Dante McClellan. So that shows the – while they haven't offered him a scholarship, the interest is legitimate there. Certainly legit program. Mika Hanna. Speaking of Ohioans, this is becoming a developing theme here, running backs. I really want – this is Mika Hanna, one of our best here. I really want Marquise Davis and Bo Jackson, but it looks like Davis doesn't want to be part of a two-man running back class. 
we've kind of hit a little bit of a groove here. Mark, why don't you quickly break down both guys quickly, and then Bill, you can handle the recruitment. Uh, Marquise Davis is the speedster, the track star, fastest prospect in Ohio. Could be a tailback or a safety, whatever he wants to do, it's up to him. Bo Jackson is the bigger, thicker linebacker, um, running back type. He's your north-south downhill runner with some size that'll break arm tackles. Uh, Marquise Davis is the guy who's looking for space and will outrun you to the end zone. They would be your lightning-thunder combination type backfield if you got both of them. Uh, I think you'd have a very complete set of skill set back there. Uh, but, you know, from what I've read, and I already see it in the comments, uh, they, they both would like to be the man. And I don't know if they would have the attitude we have with Junkins and Travion Henderson where, hey, there's plenty of gold here to go around and there's plenty of NFL opportunity to go around. Stay here and both of you play. So see how that plays out. But you definitely have a thunder-lightning combination there. All right. Could add to that that whether uh, – Marquise Davis and or uh, Davison, Jordan Davidson, want to or don't want to be a part of a two running back class, <laughs> not stopping the mutual interest. Uh, Tony Alford has already stopped. He right away stopped to see Marquise Davis, and he's going to be in California on Friday to see Jordan Davison. So uh, both of them. The mutual interest remains strong. And then, of course, he all, Tony Alford also stopped on Friday to see Bo Jackson. So uh, those are three big names, and those are three names that um, the running back room, that the mutual interest is absolutely there. Who do you think is their top guy, Bill? You know, I was asked that on the front row this week. And um, right now, uh, Marquise Davis is not – unless something changes. And by the way, he is going to be at Ohio state for their uh, recruiting day on Saturday, uh, unless something changes and it can, you know, I, as I always say, I never say never recruiting, unless something changes, he's not close to making a decision, nor is Davison. Um, could Bo Jackson be close? Maybe, but he hasn't said that, but maybe you never know. So Ohio state doesn't have to worry about uh, uh, one of them necessarily, or both or two of them necessarily pulling the trigger. Uh, but I think that all three guys are guys at Ohio State would absolutely uh, entertain the idea of taking right now. And I don't think that they have to worry about, well, this guy's one and this guy's two because they'd like to have them. Bobby Hall, I think you're asking about Dominic Kirks, who we discussed earlier in the show. The question is, what are the chances of getting the tackle from Washington? Um. I hope that's what he's talking about. Unless he's talking about an offensive lineman in the portal, I'm not aware of as yet. Uh, but there's a belief here that Dom Kirks will be a Buckeye. Um, it's certainly trending that way. I mean, good Lord. Um, let's do that. All right, Bill, here's one. This guy I've heard connected with Michigan, but, you know, there's a, still the chatter that uh, Harbaugh will leave Michigan, and then you're going to have all the upheaval up there. Any chance that Avery Gatch, Gack, G-A-C-H, from the state up north? Billy's an offensive lineman, I believe. Yeah, he and he's really a good one. Uh, he is a guy that Ohio State would take in a heartbeat. They like him a, they, they, they like him a lot. So does Michigan. So does Michigan State. He is a Michigan State legacy. Um, what I think really threw things open with him was what was going on at Michigan State with all the coaching situation. All that's all that's all settled down now. They've got their coach, and they've got a pretty good coach, and they've got a coach that's uh, uh, been going after it on the recruiting trail. So I think Michigan State is absolutely back as a major player there because he, as I said, he is a Michigan State legacy. Um, I, I think you're looking at four schools there. You think you're looking at Michigan State. You're looking at Michigan. Uh, Ohio State and Penn State, if those were um, uh, the four schools I would have to name that he picks one of, those would be the four. Um, having said all that, I think it is going to be a little bit tough for Ohio State to finish the deal there. Seriously. Let's not uh, – my tongue gets twisted on its own. And, and I, I saw – 
Uh, I saw somebody say something about has he visited Ohio State. Yes, he has been to Ohio State more than once, by the way. Uh, look at that, baby. Frank Carone. I think that's how you spell it or pronounce it. I love your shirt, University of Dayton. Flyers ranked 21st. I don't think the Buckeyes are rated ahead of the Flyers. Um, it's not good when your name is in the – the name of the state is in your title when a smaller school is ranked ahead of you. Not good. Um, and there are a lot of – believe it or not, there are actually a lot of questions on here about the basketball team. What's very interesting is we get no questions about the basketball team until they start to really struggle. Um, and then people just want us to toss dirt on Holtman. Uh, I'll say this. They're not the easiest watch. Bill, want to give a quick thought on the hoops team <laughs> to, to satisfy the people here? Well, uh, I will have to say my, my wife can say I told you so because okay. – after watching the early season, I thought this might be a chance of uh, High State actually getting it done this year on the court. I, I was, to be honest, I, I was impressed with some of the early things I was seeing. And as she said, I'll see it, when, I'll believe it when I see it. And lo and behold, you know, that's kind of what's happened, unfortunately. And they figured, they, they, they have kind of figured out a way to lose some games in the last few minutes that were certainly very winnable. Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin. Uh, Penn State should have not even been that close. I don't know. I, I just don't know if they're going to get it turned around. I, I hope they do, but I just don't know that that's going to happen. We'll see. My boy Frank Carone, I pronounced his name correctly. Frank, I have some experience with this. My East Coast ties, uh, my roommate in boarding schools named Salvatore Leali and my best friend was Dino Pascarelli and his little sister was Dina Pascarelli two years later so clearly they wanted a girl and got uh, Dino but we by the way really quick Sam Hart has entered the transfer portal by the way not that that's a uh, big name out there but he is an Ohio State tight end not exactly shocking uh, but Sam Hart has entered the transfer portal Bill, when Will Cass Merrick transfers, you run for the hills because you just know there's a stud coming in to take all your minutes. And I, I don't know if that's accurate, but uh, the blocking tight end job is filled. Okay, there were a couple other questions coming up here. Um, I guess, I guess the idea of basketball. My theory is this, and I've had it. I think they have not added an elite player for some time. So they force these guys in to be the elite player. And then at the end of the game, they have no elite player to turn to. I mean, Roddy Gale's a nice player. Point guard's a nice player. Bruce is a good player. But it just seems like down the stretch, they get kind of out-talented, which is not um, not an enjoyable thing. And Jameson Battle, too. I mean, he, he's a good player, but he, he just, is, has, but, uh, just it hasn't happened at the end of games and all. Yeah, and it looks like uh, there were a couple. There were a couple situations yesterday when they needed a bucket. They ran plays for battle to shoot threes, so that's clearly uh, a big deal to them. And um, the idea of some transfer from Minnesota being your main guy for just it doesn't it doesn't look right to me. Um, they could turn it around. Um, that's not very nice, Mike Schaefer. Nothing can match the abuse I've taken on my college thread from my friends over the uh, Cowboys. The only good thing, Bill, is most of them are Cleveland fans. How about this on our thread? Cleveland fans? Um, that was fun. Then we went with Dallas fans. That was fun. Then we have Pittsburgh fans. That was fun. And then we finished it off with some Philly fans. So uh, don't be friends with me if you want your NFL team to do well. And by the way, the other guy's a Cincy guy. He couldn't even make it. Um, so we have digressed really hard here. So I apologize. Okay. I was wrong on the offensive tackle. Um, I thought he meant uh, Dom Kirks. He meant Kalepo, a transfer from Washington who's entered the transfer portal. Bill, have you heard anything on Kalepo? Yeah, they haven't shown any interest, um, but I will bring up a name that uh... – that they have on their radar screen related to Washington. 
uh, Pocky Finau. He's a 2024 offensive lineman uh, that is a Washington. I know he's committed. I don't know if he actually signed with them, but I know he committed, at least committed to Washington and is still in their class. He's a guy that's on the high state's radar. So that is a name to keep in mind. All right. This has become um, a really popular topic. So we'll finish with this. <clears throat> There's been much discussion of possibly adding an offensive coordinator to the mix with Ohio State. The name you hear the most is Jason Candle out of Toledo. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this because I do think Ryan Day's kind of his thing is calling plays. And so if you take that away from him, does he have the true CEO vibe? I'm not saying he doesn't, but we don't know. Um, I'd like to get each of your opinions on would you like to see them go to a CEO approach for the coach? And is Jason Candle a guy you'd be interested in? Bill, you can take that first. And Mark, I'll let you finish this off because I assume you have decent Candle knowledge. Well, you know, I kind of agree or side a little bit towards what you're saying, Dan, is that uh, uh, Ryan Day, his forte, has been an offense, quarterbacks, passing, the passing game and all that. And um, I don't know that he necessarily, maybe he does, but I don't know that necessarily he wants to give that up. Um, so uh, for that reason, I, I'm not sure I buy all of this talk and, and conjecture about that. Uh, if they did go that direction, there's also the, uh, the guy from the Chicago Bears has been brought up as a name that they could perhaps be interested in. Uh, and Candle, of course, you know, I, I think those, you know, Candle is a, is a good coach. Absolutely. No doubt about that, but. I'm just not sure I'm going. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think that's going to happen at this point. Mark, your thoughts? Yeah. Would, would you make the move, and what do you think of Candle? Yeah, I'll start off with Coach Candle. Um, started off with a relationship with him when he was the receivers coach at Toledo a long time ago, maybe 10, 12 years ago. And I remember watching him coach up receivers thinking, I don't know if these kids realize what a good coach they have. I mean, he was – demonstrating the routes he has a brian hartline-esque feel to him you know and, and he really does well with kids and he's a great recruiter all those type of things but what he's really going to be brought in for if he is is his offensive genius and you can never have enough of those guys with the system in your room um i think kind of like bill you know coach days noticed an offensive play caller and Every play caller I've ever known does not like to give up that role. I don't care if that's how you got hired to be an NFL head coach. You know, you see all these guys come Kevin in and they, ask me. Yeah, and they and they kind of have to humble themselves at some point and say, "Hey, I'm the head Mike guy." Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's an and he took over play calling this year, and the offense was red hot until when uh, Sunday or what? Okay, easy, Mark. But, yeah, so <laughs> it, it is. It is a real. Let's talk about uncharted waters. Yeah, giving up play calling is a thing. But I don't think you ever do give up play calling if you're Ryan Day, even if Jason Candle or anybody's there, because you're always on the phones and you always have veto power. And you're standing with Jason Candle or whoever all week. And I think you become one brain if it's done right. Where Jason, here's what I like. And you talk about it all week and it maybe takes a month or so, but you really start to sync up where – Jason Candle's calling the play that you were going to call, but it does vary at certain intersections in the day and we're in the game where Jason's ideas are different. And that's maybe, I think, what the Bucknutters are hoping for is, hey, we've seen the day play calling system. We kind of know what he's going to do. Is there anyone else out there that can accent him? Uh, throw in some wrinkles where maybe he doesn't have some wrinkles and make Ryan Day um, a, a play caller on steroids. You know, where he has a little juice behind his play calling where you're now getting the best plays from Jason Candle. You're getting the best from Ryan Day and everything they've ever stolen from everybody. Uh, maybe that brings an extra 5 or 10% to the offense. And in a place like Ohio State, where you're looking for an edge to get over this little edge, I'll take an extra 5% at every possession or every position every day at every coach 
that's all you can do is get these little increments better. And, and that's with that move. And I'm not saying it would be just Jason Candle. Any guy that came in and could mind meld with Ryan Day would, would help out. You know, the, the more room, as long as it doesn't, you know, get to that relationship where you're canceling each other out and nothing's getting, it becomes counterproductive. Well, that would be a bad hire. I mean, he's got to get that worked out ahead of time. So strong-willed, strong-willed guys are usually play callers. And sometimes strong-willed guys, when they get together, it doesn't always mesh. So you'd almost have to find someone that Coach Day trusted from the past or knew that when he came in, it wasn't going to be, Good point. you know, yeah. Like, you'd have to have a real comfort level because that's letting him rock your baby to sleep. That play calling's your baby. Be very interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, I do agree with Jeff Mastarella in that uh, I do like the idea of a guy in the box. But Dave's never been in the box since he's been here calling plays, at least since he's been the head coach. So who knows? All right. We're going to have to cut it off here. We could go forever. We're almost at 50 minutes, and then our, our subscription runs out here and the lights go out. I appreciate these guys stopping by. Got uh, – a bunch to keep on the lookout for. We'll really be all over the portal here as we go. But um, look for Dom Kirks to possibly join the fold soon. We'll be all over it. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.